Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Everything Economics. I am your host, Talia Murdoch, and I would like to begin by acknowledging that we are fortunate to be able to gather on the unceded territory of the Coast Salish people, including the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations, where this podcast is recorded. Today, I am going to be talking about internet and phone prices, so telecommunications. I'm going to take a look at the pricing models used by telecoms companies and basically show you how they are unfair and turn all of your own consumer benefits into producer benefits. And then to round out this idea of unfair pricing, I'm going to discuss whether or not the internet should be considered a utility, something that is needed for basic life in the 21st century. So what is it about phone and internet pricing that is different from, say, the price you pay for a fridge or a book? Well, for the most part, a fridge or a book has a set price for that one item. It isn't common that you will pay less per fridge the more fridges you buy as an average consumer. Obviously, there are larger business consumers who will pay less per unit the more they buy of anything, but I'm referring to individual consumers who do not have the same economies of scale as bigger businesses do. Now, as you most likely know, When you purchase a plan for your phone, the price will vary depending on the size of the plan you choose. For the lowest price, you will receive the lowest amount of calls, texts and data. The more you pay, the more you get, obviously. But as you pay more dollars, the unit price of calls, texts and data decreases, so you are effectively getting more for less money. Let's have a look at some real-life options from a Canadian cell provider. For this example, I'm going to look at what Bell is currently offering and remove any bonus data deals to make it more standard. So if I was to sign up and bring in my own device or buy a phone outright with them, the starting price for unlimited calls, texts and MMS across Canada is $65 per month. This is before we even add data, something which the vast majority of people need and want from their phone today. Now to add three gigabytes of data per month, something described as suitable for light users who browse and send emails, the monthly price increases to $90. For five gigabytes of data, so pretty much if you add social media to the mix, this is priced at $100. For seven gigabytes, $110, and so on. So while you are paying more on the whole each month, the more data you want, you are paying less per gigabyte as you increase your plan. For the 3 gig plan, you are paying about $8 per gig. For the next plan up, this drops to $7 per gig. For the 7 gig package, $6.40. And then for their 20 gig plan, this falls again to $5.75 per gigabyte of data purchase. Now, I also want to emphasize this dollar amount is paid at the beginning of each month, even if you don't use all of the data because you are purchasing a block of it. And yes, this is also referred to as marginal pricing, where you pay a certain amount to cover the initial costs and then less per unit thereafter. But for the sake of simplicity, it's okay to not go into too much detail regarding this as the same concept still applies. So what's the big deal? This happens across a lot of products. You pay less per unit the more you buy. It is a fairly normal pricing model. Sure, this might be a normal way to price goods and services, but it isn't entirely fair to the consumer. In a simple marketplace like the market for mobile data, we have a supply curve and a demand curve that intersects at some point, setting the price and quantity. This is equilibrium. 
Now, in this scenario, and I will post a graph on cavegoblins.com for reference, everything below the demand curve is consumer utility or benefit, and everything below the supply curve is producer utility. So when we are at equilibrium, the market is in a way fair, and consumers and producers are both benefiting from the transaction at no cost to the other. When sell providers use the incremental pricing that they do, they are effectively taking all of your consumer utility and turning it into producer utility so they can make higher profits. Let's consider the basic supply and demand curve for this market. And of course, knowing that there is more to any market than just these two things. But the inequity does hold true for this example. If we go to the top of the demand curve, this is the maximum price a consumer is willing to pay for, we will say, one gig of data for their phone. So this is the unit price that the phone provider sets for the lowest price plan. As we go down the curve, we find the maximum price a consumer is willing to pay for two units or per gigabyte of data. So the provider sets this as the unit price for the next plan up. The phone provider continues to do this until equilibrium is reached and all of your market benefits have been transferred to them. I specifically remember sitting in class at university and some fellow students were talking about how smart a business move this is, but I didn't quite feel comfortable about it. Even my lecturer suggested to all of us that next time we went to get a new phone plan to take in the graphs and theory and ask for a better deal or even demand a better deal because it isn't fair. Now, knowing that consumers of these products are more or less getting a worse deal than a regular marketplace would deliver, I want to briefly talk about some of the major telecommunications providers in Canada and consider their revenues versus their investment. This will be Bell, Telus and Rogers for this episode, who are all in the top five providers across the country. Of these three providers, Bell made the most revenue in 2018, as the largest of them, bringing in $23.4 billion. This was followed by Rogers at $15.09 billion, and then Telus at $13.3 billion, which makes sense as Telus mainly dominates the Western Canadian market. Of this revenue, after costs, investment, dividend payments, taxes, etc., which I can only assume are avoided in many ways because that's what corporations do. The net income of the three respectively is $3.1 billion, $2.06 billion, and $1.23 billion. So we're looking at massive, massive profits from companies who are responsible for delivering critical infrastructure across Canada. Because yes, telecommunications, the internet, these are considered utilities now essential to everyday living, not just for individual consumers, but also for businesses, healthcare providers, energy providers. It is now a part of life. So while we're considering the profitability and revenue of these companies, I want to also look at how much money was spent on capital expenditure. Capital expenditure is defined as money spent by a business or organization on acquiring or maintaining fixed assets such as land, buildings and equipment, so things that maintain, improve and add to the physical assets owned by the company. In 2018, Bell, Telus and Rogers respectively spent $3.9, $3.09 and $2.7 billion on capital expenditure, equal to 
23 and 17% of revenues. It's interesting that the most profitable of the three, being Bell, spends the least on this kind of activity as a percentage of revenue. It also makes sense that the figure for TELUS is so high, 23% of revenue, as they've been undergoing massive infrastructure investments in getting fibre to home across Western Canada. So why would we want to think about this? Well, when prices are so high, some of the highest in the world, and speeds don't compare to what is enjoyed in other developed countries like the United States and South Korea, it's important to know that there is more money available for capital expenditure by the providers to improve the product. But instead, when the bottom line and shareholders, domestic and foreign, are the top priority, product quality suffers. Now, it isn't the worst. Wired internet speeds rank 17th, so not great, and mobile speeds rank 4th, according to testing done in 2018. But why not aim to be the best? And in particular, improve that wired internet connection to enhance online business opportunities, provide more and better online education to remote areas of the massive country, and provide telehealth services too to remote areas. There is a lot of opportunity that exists alongside a fast internet connection, and I will do an episode about this another time. My point today really was to explore the way consumers get ripped off by phone and internet providers, because they do. And while this might be more okay for a mobile data given its speed ranking, it is still not an equitable market between consumer and producer. And yes, the speeds may be good, but the prices are incredibly high compared to the rest of the world. You know, it isn't efficient because something is taken away for someone else's gain who doesn't necessarily need the extra benefit. And sure, this might come across as millennial problems or antics, but I honestly don't think that that is fair either, given how dependent society is on telecommunication services, something that is understood across all generations. We really need fair pricing for this utility and providers who are actually dedicated to improving the product, which would in turn improve the quality of life in many, many cases. So that brings me to the end of this episode. I hope some of you are motivated to take this information to your mobile or internet provider and demand a better deal. But really, how far can you get with retail staff who are probably being exploited by the company in other ways? I think this kind of collective bargaining is something that needs to be done by a group rather than someone on their own. As always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this episode interesting and valuable. You can follow the show on Twitter at Every Economics or find me at Talia Murdoch, a much more active account. For more podcasts, very different from this one, check out our network at Cave Goblins across all social media platforms. The easiest way to support us and all of our shows is to rate and review us on iTunes. So thank you again. Be kind to each other. I am Talia Murdoch and this has been Everything Economics.
Come aboard and bring along all your hopes and dreams because we're taking you on a Patreon-exclusive journey through the epic of One Piece. That's right. We'll be tackling the almost 1,000-episode anime One Piece, 10 episodes at a time. Compass left behind, it'll only slow us down. We're not allowed to take notes or research anything during this project, so let's see where the wind takes us. Catch our new podcast, 1000 Pieces, only on patreon.com slash cavegoblins. There's always room for you if you want to be our friend. We are, we are on the cruise. We are. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.